0: Two, one. Let's go. It's time to Dad Up. Welcome to the Dad Up podcast, the podcast for dads about dads being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And let's get started. Here is your host,
1: Brian Ward.
0: Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me today. I'm very excited for the guest that I have on. He's a former basketball player, former coach. Uh, he's a five-time author. Uh, he's he's a father of two young kids that we'll, we'll get into our discussion today. Uh, but he's got a very unique story in that his father, his own father passed away a, when he was very young. But uh, I want to, I want him to share his story. So uh, my good friend, Cornell Thomas, is on the show with me today. Thank you very much, brother, for being on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, too.
0: Awesome. Well, do me a favor. I mean, you and I have connected now for a couple months and uh-huh. gotten to know you a little bit. But, you know, I don't, I don't know the full backstory on you. And I, I love the fact that you played basketball. I love the fact that you're a former coach. I mean, uh, I, I, I played basketball as a kid, but, uh, you know, I've been a, a longtime basketball coach for, for mm-hmm. many, many, many years. Wow. And, uh, so you're, so it's near and dear to my heart as far as basketball goes. Yeah. I coach, I coach high school basketball now. So, um, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's very interesting, but I want you to kind of get in here. Tell me a little bit about Cornell. Tell my guests a little bit about Cornell. I want to know a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, I'm originally from, uh, Passaic, New Jersey which is, for everybody that doesn't know about New Jersey, like the inner city in New Jersey, North Jersey. And uh, like you said before, my father passed when I was four years old. Uh, my father, Bobby Thomas, was a police officer in the city of Passaic, New Jersey. He was the actually the first one of the first black police officers at that time to join, join the force in 1969, and he was the uh, only bilingual police officer uh, hmm. at that time. My father is one of 21 kids. Oh, hey. my goodness. <laughs> And so he he came down to Pesach at 17 years old and moved in with a Spanish family, and they wouldn't speak English to him because they wanted him to learn Spanish. So they they knew his ambitions of being a, a cop. So my when he passed away, he left my mom the responsibility of raising five of us by herself. We're really uh, no money. Um, 1979, 1980 on a you know cop's uh, salary is not a lot of money. So. Um, I, I just saw very early what adversity w- was all about. You know, I, I got to see what struggle and grit and all that stuff was about. But because my mom, Tina, is is such a powerful woman, you know, even to this day, I also got to see what resilience and faith and how powerful that is. Mm. So I, I grew up, I kind of drifted through life. Most young men want to be like their fathers, but I only had two or three memories of my father uh, as a young man. And when my dad passed away, my mom... Really cut it off because she wanted to think of like, okay, how do I help these kids survive? You know, how do I get a roof over their head, food in their stomach, the right education? So, uh, I I didn't visit my dad's gravesite until I was you know 35 years old, you know, like th- really? 30 years after. Yeah, my mom. I asked her that I was being interviewed, you know, a while ago. They're doing this little documentary, and I and I said, man, I just I just want to interview my mom, and I hmm. and I asked her about that, and she said, baby boy, she goes. I had to cut it off because if not, I wouldn't have been able to look forward. You know, she's like, that was all, that was rear view mirror to me. Interesting. And I was just like, wow. I mean, this is just who the woman is. And so with basketball, Brian, I didn't pick up basketball until I was 16 years old. You know, that was the first time I ever picked up a ball, ever. And really? I was God awful. Like I was, <laughs> like, I was horrible. Like, I always tell people use the analogy of like a baby deer, but just imagine the baby deer getting like hit in both legs. You know just going on two legs right Right. so i again i was a drifter i didn't know what i wanted to be when teachers used to ask like what do you want to be when you grow up i always thought that was the trap question because i'm like i'm in third grade how the hell do i know what i want to be (laughs) right when i grow up so you know when i found basketball it was just by pure you know happenstance my i was in virginia with my mom and my brothers and my sister and my cousin, just listened to the Army, and right before he went, he had all these newspaper articles under his bed. And I remember looking under his bed and seeing these articles of him, like, dunking a basketball. And I was like, wow, I, didn't, I had no idea that kids can go to the newspaper for a sport. I, I was clueless. So I just said to myself, I want to play basketball. And so we got home. Uh, my mom moves from Passaic, New Jersey, to Rockaway, New Jersey, which is a suburb, uh, so we can get a better education. I found this rubber Pizza Hut ball in the basement. And I walked three miles to the nearest court and that's where my journey started. And I was like, like I said, I I mean, I, I, the, my first, you know, two hours of shooting a basketball, I don't know how many of them actually hit the rim, you know, they're over the hoop or whatever. And there's this, this five foot 8 never forget it. Little Filipino guy came walking to the court and he said, you know, my name's Ray. Do you want me to show you how to shoot a basketball? And that really Mm -hmm. changed the trajectory of my life because even though when Ray left, I still sucked, uh, he, he planted this seed in my head that if you work at this, you can get better. So right. I had my mom's work ethic. My mom's worked three jobs since I can remember. So I just put six to eight hours every single day into basketball. I didn't go out. I didn't drink. I didn't hang on my friends. It, it was just all hoops. And, I, you know, I had the typical athlete story. I got cut from varsity as a junior, rarely played as a senior in high school, and our team was, was not very good. And then at the end of my senior year, my mom said to me, she goes, Cornell, I can't afford to send you to college. So I said, well, mom, I'm going to work two jobs. I'm going to go to a junior college, a two-year college. I'm going to get a scholarship from there. And then we get a contract professional basketball. And my mom said, OK, baby, she's going to show, show me. And so I worked two jobs, took two years off of high school, worked two jobs, enrolled in a junior college. My freshman year was the first time in my life I ever started a game. Mm. Started a game. Uh, I averaged probably like seven points a game. And then by my second year, which was my, was my fifth year playing basketball, everything, it, it all clicked, you know, like finally after, you know, five years of six, seven hours, you know, sacrifice, you know, first team, all conference, first team, all region, all these accolades and people that knew me in high school couldn't believe that it was me. And wow. because everybody sees, you know, where you land, they don't see the work you put in. And so I ended up getting very proficient and I got a full scholarship to play in North Dakota, where I would later meet my wife. And uh, and then after college I came home and I started playing. I found a gym in Somerville, New Jersey, and I started playing with NBA guys. And so I'm working out, getting ready to go overseas. I get a contract to play in Lisbon, Portugal, in their top division. I'm seven years removed from being cut from varsity as a junior in high school. And a week before I was supposed to go, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. You know, when people to hear my story and I go out and speak, especially the kids, they say, man, you know, what'd you do? And I wasn't thinking about myself, really. I was just thinking about my mom because my goal was to go overseas first, make money and send it home because right. I always want to retire my mom. You know, I was, I, I was just sick of seeing her work And so when I got home from surgery, you know, th- that Thursday, you know, was a rough day, but the Friday seeing my mom walk to one of those jobs, that told her she never have to work again. That was the hardest day of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, she obviously, you know, she was nothing but supportive and didn't look at it that way. But I was just really hard on myself. And I, I I was in complete why me mode. You know, I'm You know, when adversity happens, especially when it's an extreme change that has to take place, you know, the first thing we say is why me? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, why me? You know, we curse the heavens and can't believe this is happening. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, like, I'm a good person. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I just want to do this for my mom. Why would God? ever allow this to happen and i just started to think about how we grew up and i started thinking about when my mom dealt with adversity when we'd come home and the lights would be cut off because we couldn't pay the bill and my mom would just start lighting candles and handing out flashlights you know she was all about the solution and not about the problem so i said to myself you got to kind of you got to get in what now mode right the why me has already happened the adversity has right. already happened so now it's like now what are you going to do Are you going to sit here and you're going to cry the whole entire week or are you going to pick yourself up and try to figure it out so well, let it. me stop.
0: Let me let let me stop you there, Cornell. Yeah.
1: Because you're you're
0: you're sharing so much, and there's so much. <clears throat> there's a deep message in what you're sharing, <clears throat> and I know where you're going with it. So that's why I stopped you because yeah. I want to find out from you. Now here you are. You're a kid that has worked uh, his tail off for the last few years mm. to hopefully live a dream that you have. And, and you know, that dream's not necessarily the, the, to get in professional basketball, that dreams to retire your mom, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have this dream of retiring your mom, taking care of the per- one person who took care of you your whole life and took care of your brothers and sisters. Now, so you've gone through that, you've worked your tail. i got to that point. Then this happens where you, where you have to have surgery and, and essentially your, your playing time is done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, obviously what was going through your mind then was the why me mm. but as an as as a person who you are who cornell is right now and you look back at that there's a there's a reason why all that stuff happened now, i don't mm-hmm. know if it was because you needed to meet your wife where you met your wife in at, at in college at in, in north dakota it, it, i don't know if that's the reason Um, But what do you think right now, looking back to those times, what do you think was the real reason why all this happened the way that
1: it happened? I think you, I think it was a combination of things. I think meeting my wife and having my kids for sure. But I also think once I got hurt, it led me into coaching. Mm. And, you know, as a coach, when you're looking at, you know, 15 set of eyes and they're looking back at you for leadership, you know, especially junior college, where I've got second chance, third chance, fourth chance kids. Name name an inner city, right? From all these kids. And I'm I'm 24 years old. Some of these cats are 22 that I'm right. coaching. And they have no directional leadership. So when I go into corporations and companies now and talk about leadership, I just use the stuff that I learned in the locker room.
0: Right.
1: That's all it is. It's not anything, though, no, like, you know, reinventing the wheel. It's being in front of all these high-level coaches, getting a chance to sit down with you know the Bill Selfs and the Jay Wrights and some of these guys, and just talk culture, right? And and implementing that culture into my team, and so it everything was a setup for right now. Everything, right. you know, being injured had to happen for me to be who I am right now. It had, and if I wasn't injured, I wouldn't be looking at my family right now, right? right. So uh, I just look at it, and people, you know, my mom raises us on everything happens for a reason, and it's very hard to understand the reason because the reason isn't. Visible right away. Sometimes, sometimes the reason doesn't happen until long after you're gone off this planet, right? Right. So it's like you know, like look at Martin Luther King. You know, he doesn't know the reason. He didn't get to see the fruits of his labor. He got to see some of it. He didn't see all of it, right? So sometimes it's you're off this planet before. My father, the same way, the industry after him nine years ago. You know, that's that's thirty some years after he passed away. He didn't know that. He was forty one years old when he passed. So. You just have to trust it, man, and have faith, and uh, I always say, like, thank God for my injury now. Like, I thank God for it every single day, because if not, we wouldn't be having this conversation, and there are thousands of people that I wouldn't have been able to touch like I have.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I I did want to ask you, you know, and I hope you don't mind me asking, do you know, did your mom share with you, because obviously you were very young, but did your mom share with you how your father passed or, or, or why he passed
1: away? Yeah, he she's uh, he had cancer.
0: Okay, and my father right. smoked,
1: so he had um and he ended up getting some type of stomach cancer, um and that's how he passed away. But again, he's you know forty one years old,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm 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 glad that you know I. I'm sorry about your father passing, but I'm glad that you went through what you went through because, mm. you know, going through this whole basketball season of your life because it led you to who you are today. And you're right. You wouldn't be where you're at today had you
1: not gone through everything that you went through. Yeah. Now, now here you are. Do you coach right now? Uh, right now. So I retired from coaching in the winter um, about it's going on four years. I ended up going from my junior college as a head college coach for six years. And then I went to Blair Academy, which is a really prestigious uh, prep school, uh, basketball powerhouse in New Jersey. And I was there for seven years. And then right before my son was born, I just started to get that pull like, hey, mm-hmm. man, like, if you're coaching Division One basketball, you're never going to be in your son's life. You're never going right. to be around. So that's another thing as well, where just knowing what's important and what my priorities were. And at mm-hmm. that time for me and my wife, the priority was, you know, being in my son's life. I've always wanted to be a father. Always since mm-hmm. I was little, I, I used to look at my, my friends and, you know, I was in high school, my circle, none of us have fathers, but like when I was growing up in middle school, elementary school, you know, I remember playing sixth grade baseball and the kid that lived up the street, his father was the coach and them driving, you know, and all this stuff, you know, to practice and coming back, you know, now I'm able to experience these things with my son and it's just, it's such a beautiful thing, man. So I've, I've always wanted to be a dad and I'm just thankful for the opportunity.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Well, you kind of share kind of a similar story in that you know you you, you I, I grew up. My parents are around. My parents were involved. But my parents worked a lot, so they couldn't they couldn't really come to my sporting mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. And I used to ride to practices and games with my friends' parents because yeah. uh, my parents couldn't go. Um, and I look at it now as as a coach. Now I coach high school basketball, and as mm-hmm. a coach now. I look at myself as an extension of their dad. You know, I look at myself as kind of that that person that they're going to look up to and, and I have to I have to be that role model for them because mm-hmm. I do have players that don't have parents that show up and yeah. they're just not never around. Now that's no knock on them. Maybe they have schedules, work, all that kind of stuff that comes up, but for me, when I, when I had kids, I knew that I wanted to be an involved dad. And I knew that in order to do that, I had to align myself in, in a career that allowed me to do that. And thank God that through my boys growing up, they're 22 and 19. Now through them growing up, I had a career that allowed me the flexibility to be a coach for their yeah. teams and, and participate. And if my job didn't allow me to do that, I, I wouldn't have had the job. I, I would have I would have moved on to something else because yeah. that was that important to me. So now that you have two, got two kids. Now we're kind of diving into the dad role now. You've got yeah. two kids, Bryce eight and Naya six. Do they play sports? And are you going to coach if they do?
1: Yeah, so great question. Uh, <clears throat> Bryce just finished his second season of soccer. And Naya is, um, plays soccer as well. Uh, I've been doing jiu-jitsu jiu- for about 14 years, so they both do jiu-jitsu um and we just started like on like a little bit of basketball introducing them to a little bit of the the sport they've known it since they were you know born but no rush you know no rush for it right. so they're coming to sunday clinics and they're training with daddy and, and you know and their mom played college basketball as well so you know just slowly like introducing them to things and see what they like and what they want to take and my thing is is just you know if you work hard and you're a good team and you have the right attitude i don't care if you play cricket you know, like, right? Get the get the life lessons from it because we're all gonna retire. You know, get the mm-hmm. life lessons from it, and then then keep it moving.
0: Oh, that's that's very cool. I'm actually surprised that you said that he's playing play, playing soccer. But you're right. You're <laughs> all like, my like, friends are too, Brian. All yeah.
1: my, all my <laughs> boys are like, he's playing what? I'm like, yo, he loves soccer. I mean, he likes basketball, but he always says, I love soccer, jujitsu, basketball. And then he goes, that's the order. So I'm like, let him let him play soccer and let him do his thing until. You know, until until he you know decides to like play basketball or not.
0: Yeah, that's funny because my, with my boys growing up, you know, my older son he played. Uh,
1: you know, we were a big
0: baseball family, and so I coached baseball for them, uh, little league as they were mm-hmm. growing up. And I and I never forget. You know, my older son started playing basketball when he was about eight, um, and uh, he got to a point when he was around eleven. He told me, "He goes, Dad, I want to talk to you about something." And I said, "What's that?" He goes. I'm I really don't want to play baseball anymore and wow. he he was nervous to tell me that because we're such a huge baseball family we were all baseball right yeah. and uh, I said okay, that's fine and he goes well I just don't want you to be disappointed and I go no I go here's the rule you are going to do something because I want you to have that social inter- interaction yep. with other kids and, and and learn the team building and team bonding mm-hmm. and, and, and sports I want you to learn all that stuff um, he goes no 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 he goes i want I just want to focus on basketball that's all I want to do Wow. And I said, I said, you know what, then that's all you do. Focus on basketball. If that's what you want to do. So that's, that's cool. That's you got to awesome. let, you got to let your kids, uh kids kind of go into what they, what interests them. And you know what, it may not be sports. It may be a, you know, an instrument, maybe yeah. acting, theater, drama, whatever it is singing, who knows, but you yeah. gotta let them, gotta let them explore. That's very, yeah. very cool. Now, do you think, uh do you think down the road, I mean, are, are they good enough athletes that you see some, some, some talent that they have that the that could take them someplace?
1: Well, yeah. they I mean, they're both athletic, you know? So I always tell my wife, I was like, I didn't care if you were going to like me or not. I just married you for breeding purposes. You know <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw that's you see the jump shot and open gym and run up and down the court. I said, yep, that's the one. It's about 5'10", 5'11". She can shoot. She's coordinated. Good. So uh, they're, they're both athletic. But like, like you said, I don't know which direction they're going to go in. But right now they're just having fun, you know, playing sports and, and hanging out, and they, you know, they see old, you know, footage or newspaper clippings or whatever of their mom and their dad, and they think it's cool. But then they, then he asked me to go in his room and play Legos. You know, right. so It's like there's nothing. It's like kind of goldfish mindset right now, where it's like, oh, let's try this, let's try this, let's try that. But they're both gonna be athletes, and I'm positive. My I'm six five. I'm positive my son's gonna be, you know, either my height or taller. Um, you know, and my daughter has just the longest like legs. Already, so they're they're, they're going to be athletes.
0: That's awesome. So here's a little secret. I'm going to give you a little tip. All right. Yeah, sure. So if you don't if you don't take anything away from this call, when you go into your son's room and play Legos with him, build a basketball court with the Legos. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I love it. I love it. Daddy, why is Luke uh, Skywalker dunking the re- basketball? Re- don't worry about it, Bryce. Just let him let him <laughs> talk.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, very cool. Now, um, let me just ask you, you know, we talked a lot about, um, adversity, you know, sports and coaching and, and, and the adversity that you went through. Obviously it's important for our kids to learn adversity, yeah. you know, even, even when they're young and they may not fully understand it, but you know, I've said this many, many times, life's going to hit them on the chin when they get to be, mm-hmm. you know, our ages and they need to learn to handle adversity. So how, what ways do you, I mean, are you teaching your kids about adversity? How are you handling adversity with your kids?
1: Yeah. Well, we have we have a lot of conversations uh, about adversity and about what you do when you get knocked down, and that's another the other beauty in sports. You know, Bryce's soccer team this year was undefeated, and you know, going into you know their second to last game, they lost the game, and mm-hmm. and Bryce's you know oh you know dad we lost, and I, for whatever reason he thought I'd be like upset. I said Bryce, it's ninety degrees outside. You played the whole entire game. You only have four kids because they play four and four. I said, and you just worked your butt off, my man. Right. I said, as long as you're a good teammate, you work hard, you compete. I said, we're always getting ice cream. Mm. We're always getting ice cream. You know, so we have these conversations a lot. And in jujitsu, every time you get on the mat, it's adversity. Every, and it's, mm. it's like, it's, it's human chest. So yep. it's problem solving with someone trying to like, you know, manipulate your joints, you know, or get your neck. So there's going to be times you're the hammer. There's going to be lots of times, way more times you're the nail. Right. You know, so once, once we get into the car, car, we talk through that, like, hey, man, you did a really good job today, buddy. You got a frame or you got to do this, but you did a really good job and understand, man, sometimes you're just going to get your butt kicked. I tell him all the time, daddy gets his butt kicked all the time. Daddy's been training for 14 years. I right. was like, but I love that because life isn't hard when someone's tried to choke you for the last hour and a half. You know, right. life becomes a lot easier. You know, right. <laughs> I drive I drive down a road, somebody cuts me off, I'm good to go. Like, I'm fine. Right. You know, I'm not going to be all upset.
0: that's awesome. Uh, very cool. Um, gosh, you're right. I mean, I tell my players all the time, listen, I I'm, I'm one of the most competitive fiery coaches out there. I, I love to win. I love to compete. I love to grind. I love to fight. But at the end of the day, if, if you guys are playing hard and you guys are giving it your all and we fall short, I'm okay with that. I can live with that, you know, because you guys worked your tail off, fought hard. So uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That. Kind of closing up here. If my listeners want to look you up and learn a little bit more, more about you, what do you got going on? Where's the best place for them to do that?
1: Yeah. Just the, if they go on the website, it's a uh, www.cornell-thomas.com or Instagram is at Cornell Thomas 34. I'm very active there. As you know, Brian, I was stalking your page for a while. Um, so uh, those are probably the two places to to look me up. And then every, all the social media, it's, it's just Cornell Thomas.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now you got, you got your books too. I mean, all yeah. those books on your website
1: as well. Yeah. They're on the website, uh podcast on the website. Everything's on Amazon. Uh, everything's out there. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, you know, good conversations. So if you hit me up, don't be surprised. I'm going to hit you back, you know, and see, and, you know, see how you're doing and, and learn more about people. I'm, I, I love people. I'm, when I, it doesn't matter if I go to the Middle East, Africa, wherever I go to speak, it's because of the people, you know, so, uh, I'm, I'm very open to, to new conversations
0: awesome well very cool well listen cornell it has been a huge uh, pleasure to have you on i'm really really glad we got a chance to connect and i finally got you on the show um, i'm looking forward to uh developing this friendship and 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 one of these days finally getting a chance to uh, hang out with you
1: oh for sure i gotta see your team play brian i don't know where you are in the world but i gotta come down and uh and see you guys who thanks
0: for listening to the dad up podcast Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next weekly episode. While you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone this show can help, be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at daduptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at daduppodcast.